Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Bicho Kila Shari Mitzkila podcast. We continue today in our discussion of Kriya. Kriya is the seventh language form or expression of Tefillah. We begin Ot Hey, the fifth part of our conversation on the Tefillah of Kriya. Kriya, we've explained, is a Tefillah with the recognition that Hashem is listening and it's within His ability to help. And I call upon a certain name of Hashem, a certain character trait, a certain attribute of Hashem that I hope will help me in my given situation. Here in the beginning of Ot Hey, uh, Rav Pinka says, Brachot Daf Lamadalad. There's a Gemara on Masach Brachot on Daf Lamedalad. Tanu Rabbanan, the Rabbis taught Masebet Talmid Achad Sheirad Lifnei Ateva Bifnei Rabbi Eliezer Ve'Ariyam Aricho Termidai. Someone in the shul of Rabbi Eliezer, uh, he went to take the Amud. He was going to serve as the Chazan, and he was taking a very long time. Uh, Amru Lo Talmidav, his students, Rabbi Eliezer's students, said to him, Rabbeinu, uh, our Rebbe, teacher, what's going on? Kama Archan This Chazan is schlepping along. He's taking a really, really long time. What's going on? So Amar Lahem, Rabbi Eliezer said back to them, Kluma Termi Moshe Rabbeinu. Is he going any longer than Moshe Rabbeinu? Remember, it's written about Moshe in Devarim Periktet, at Arbaim Hayom at Arbaim Halayla, that Moshe davened on behalf of the Jewish people for 40 days and for 40 nights. That was a pretty long davening. So he says, you know what? It's not the end of the world if there's a long davening. A different story. There was a certain uh, student of Rabbi Eliezer in the shul. He went to serve as chazin, and he was going very, very quickly. It was a very short davening. Amrulo Tamidav. The students of Rabbi Yezer said to him, Kama Katsran Huza. Wow, this guy is really he's moving quickly. What's the deal? What a terrible chazan. So Marlam Klumik Katsir Yotermi Moshe Rabbeinu. Is he any slower than the Tfilah of Moshe Rabbeinu? The Pasuk tells us in Bami Bar Parakid Bet, when uh, Moshe was davening on behalf of Miriam, who was afflicted with Tzaran, Kel Nel Refan Allah. So Hashem, please heal her. Right? Or please heal her now. Right? So uh, Rabbi Eliezer says, either way you cut it. If the davening's too long, we have a model for long davening. If the davening's too short, we have a model for short davening. And by the way, as a rabbi, we get these complaints all the time. No one's ever happy. There's never the right pace. Okay, it is what it is. Says Rav Pinkis, He says, look, I understand the student who is going for a long time, Rabbi Eliezer could say, look, there's there's a value here. There's something good about a longer davening. Because we find that by the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu, 40 days and 40 nights, and that's great, that's wonderful. We get it that there's a value to davening over a long period of time. And maybe that's its own language form and expression of tefillah. And Rapink is sort of teasing here that we have one of the languages form and expressions of tefillah that we'll discuss in our book. I believe it's the last form expression so to speak, of tefillah that we will discuss in this book, which is called Itur. So he says, maybe that's an example of Itur. So fine, whatever it is, right? We have an example of a long tefillah. Moshe used it. It's a good thing. That if a person who lengthens their tefillah, in the end, they will be answered. But the one who went quickly, what's so great about davening quickly? What exactly is the proof that he brought when he told his students to relax because Moshe Rabbeinu also had a short tefillah? What is there a value in having a short tefillah? Says He says that actually there is a very, very uh, amazing uh, fundamental principle here. And he's trying to tell you that there is an idea of having a very, very uh, short and sweet and to the point type of tefillah, which is very, very special. Vihi. 
And this is the tefillah of Kriya, calling upon Hashem, using a specific name, a certain attribute, so on and so forth, as we've been discussing. We have a hint to this in the Pasuk. Yaakov Avino, when he talks about uh, you know, giving an extra portion to Yosef, he says, I'm going to give you an extra Shechem Achad al I'm going to give you a Shechem Achad, which means an extra portion, but it could refer to the city of Shechem, which he says, which I conquered from the Emirates with my sword and with my bow. If you look at the Targum Unculus, the way he translates it, he says, with my prayers and with my supplications. And he says, you can look at the Gemara there as well. Excuse me. That refers to the sword and to the bow. Okay, so what does that have to do with anything? So Reb Finkus explains to me, He says, look, if you know how to use your bow, you only need, you only need one arrow in order to reach your goal, in order to hit your target. If you see a person who has to use many different arrows, So that means he doesn't know how to use his bow properly. If a person has to use many different arrows, they're not particularly good. They're not a sniper. And similarly, when it comes to the sword, as Chazal tells us in the Gemara in Masachat Sanhedrin Adaf Mem Ted Ktiv, the pasuk says Shmuel in 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 Sefer Shmuel Perak Bet Pasuk Bet Vayakeu Avner Baacharei Hachanit El Hachomesh. So it says that Avner hit, I believe it was Asael, directly in the Chomesh between uh, his his uh, ribs. Vamar Rabbi Yochanan Bedofen Achamishit near the fifth rib Makom Shemarav Kavetzliyibo, where the I think the kidney and the gallbladder are connected. Okay, but he hits them in a very very specific spot. It was a surgical strike with the sword. Which means, if you really are skilled with your bow, if you're skilled with your sword, you can have these surgical strikes. You know exactly what to do. You know exactly where to hit. And you only need one strike. You only need one arrow. You don't need anything more than that. Aval Gabe Kain Amru, but think about Kain, the Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin Daf Lamed Zayin tells us that when Kain kills his brother Hevel, it says Shasabu Psaim Harbe, he kept hitting him over and over all over the place. Because remember, they're uh, you know two of the first people created on Earth. They didn't know how to kill. He didn't know how to how to. Yeah, end a person's life. He didn't know where the neshama was going to leave, so he's just hitting. Ugh, it's horrible to think of, but hitting his brother over and over and over again in all different places in hopes that his neshama would actually leave. Says Reb Pinkus, and what's Rebbe Yezer teaching his students when he talks about the uh, the high level of a shortened a shortened tefillah? So it's not that doesn't mean blowing through it. It doesn't mean going really really fast, but it means being precise and using this specific type of tefillah of kriya. Hayoder tovet habarur. If you know the exact address so to speak, so you can shoot one tefillah, which is very, very straight, and which is very, very sharp. You could call upon Hashem once, and you don't have to call Him any other time. So uh, Rabbi Eliezer is trying to teach his students that if a short tefillah is done properly, it can be incredibly powerful. Just like Moshe was able to tap into that, similar to the person who can strike with the sword, the person who is a skilled uh, you know, archer, they're able to to do this all in one shot. The same is true when it comes to tefillah.